0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show, DFS for Dough here on Roto-Grinders. Happy to be with you on a Tuesday night, taping this as usual. We know many of you might be joining us live in our YouTube uh, stream or uh, possibly watching us on playback. So however you are consuming the show, we appreciate you checking it out. Uh, as usual, I am Justin Van Zutten, a.k.a. STL Cardinals 84, and I've got uh, Mr. Notorious Derek Farnsworth alongside me. A couple housekeeping things here before we get started. Uh, you will notice that the live stream on the YouTube chat is disabled, but if you are looking to chat with us live during the show, uh, we've uh, we've got a Discord server set up uh, dedicated for these live shows. So rotogrinders.com slash Discord. It's free for all Rotogrinders members to get into the Discord. You don't have to be a premium subscriber. As long as you're a Roto Grinders member, you can get in. Roto slash Discord. And we are in the live stream chat, uh, which is one of the ones uh, featured chats up near the top. So live stream chat. You can talk some golf in there with us during the show. A little bit of shenanigans going on in the past. Not not this show. You guys are great. Those of us that uh, chat here live during the golf show. Uh, But uh, some of our other shows, uh, you know, you get some things you don't want there in the chat. So. I would like to funnel that to our Discord server over at Roto Grinders. Again, rotogrinders.com slash Discord and then the live stream chat. Uh, Noto, how's it going? How was the uh, first week of the year for you?
1: Yeah, it was good. Uh, Great to have golf back, especially, you know, some Twilight golf, uh, getting to watch it before bed. That was kind of fun. Uh, I don't know if I'd love the winning score being 34 under par, but (laughs) um, yeah, it was a fun event. I mean, there wasn't much they could do. There was no wind. Uh, the course was uh, pretty soft. And so they had to play lift clean in place a couple of days. And I mean, with those fairways being so wide, I mean, these guys were just attacking the pins. Um, you know, you saw Cam Smith, he shot a 64, so nine under on Saturday and he lost three strokes to John Rom. So, I mean, his lead went down after shooting nine under par, uh, which is kind of crazy, but um, yeah, I had Cam Smith in my main lineup, so that was good. I could have used, uh, you know, Berger, two putting from 15 feet on his last hole that would have helped me a little bit but overall pretty good week I got a lot of messages from people especially for showdown content uh, that had some big weeks so um, sounds like you know RG members had a good week and that's really all we can ask for
0: yeah absolutely I had some uh, pretty good plays in my lineups but uh, decided because of the ownership to fade cam Smith and GPPs. And, uh, that was a costly one for me. So it wasn't my greatest week, but you know, those 39, 38 golfer fields, if you, if you fade the winner, particularly when that winner is like 30% owned, that's just pretty much the end of the week for you there. So, um, nothing much I could do when cam Smith started making birdies, uh, every round and, and flying to the top of the leaderboard. And Hey, that just happens, uh, in those no cut events, which, uh, which aren't our favorite, of course, uh, but we'll get into the, uh, the good old stuff for golf this week. But uh, other takeaways from last week's event. We all got mad at Patrick Reed. We finally hopped on board last week. He had a terrible Thursday. Did salvage a pretty good Friday round to get himself kind of back in the mix. Uh, finished, I think, below, uh, below the midpoint, but uh, was you know still reasonably solid from a scoring perspective. But seeing him dead last after the first round was pretty tilting um John Rahm you know another tournament where he sets he sets a scoring record but uh, still doesn't win people were trying to rank that uh, against the tournament where he got had to withdraw after the third round last year with a six shot lead because of COVID um I still don't think I don't think you compare though you can compare those things uh, I think withdrawing with a six shot lead at a high prestige event is uh, still probably going to upset him a little bit more and, uh, his comments in the media, you know, he keeps on bringing that up. So I don't think he's let that go just yet, but anything else that, uh, that caught your eye last week?
1: Yeah. Patrick Reed was funny. I mean, three putts his first hole and, uh, you know, I wrote you a message right away. Like, here we go. And he hits it out of bounds twice in his next nine holes. Um, but luckily, I mean, I, I wrote this in the discord. If I was going to play him 7,900 in the main slate at 30% ownership, I got to play him round two showdown, um, at 7,700 or whatever he was at low ownership. So, uh, he ended up uh, doing well for me there. So, uh, I guess I'll bury the hatchet with Reed maybe give him another shot, um, you know, in the upcoming events outside of that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's a fun event. I love Hawaii. Um, love watching it on TV, but I'm ready for a cut. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, Hawaii, it's been like zero degrees here the last four days and a ridiculously cold wind chills. So, you know, Hawaii or anything resembling it sounds pretty good right about now to me. Um, so even if we have to, you know, take it in vicariously through the television set, uh, that works too. So yeah, we've got a cut this week. You mentioned it. Uh, we've got a full field event and that's what makes the strategy of DFS golf uh, so much more entertaining. You get the Friday cut sweat with just wanting your golfers to make it to the weekend and that is particularly true with these types of events, uh, where we're going to see a lot of birdies. Once again, this week we probably have a course that's going to yield a lot of birdies. They're not expecting a lot of wind in Hawaii again this weekend. So, uh, why don't you talk about uh, real quick about the course that we have in front of us here for the Sony Open?
1: Yeah, so Wailea, short par seventy. So a lot different than what we saw last week. You know, we had the par seventy-three that was seventy-six hundred yards. This one is a par seventy only 7,000 yards. Um, if you look at the comp courses on data golf, uh, pretty much like your, your standard shorter par 70, you got Harbertown, sea Island colonial. Uh, I don't mind TBC sawgrass as a, a comp course as well. And like you mentioned, the main uh, defense of the course is going to be the wind and there's not going to be a lot of it. Um, we saw the winning score last year be 21 under, and that was with 15 mile per hour winds. Uh, the year before it was 11 under, and that was with 40 mile per hour winds. Um, so uh, it's going to be another low-scoring week. But for the most part, I mean, you want to be able to hit the irons well and putt well on these Bermuda greens. That's really the only thing you need to do well here, just keep it in play off the tee. Um, driving it well isn't you know, going to be a huge advantage here. Um, you know, It'll help you on the par fives for sure, but there's only two of them outside of that. I mean, we've seen a lot of the plotter types uh, play well here over the years. A lot of the guys that love the short set, uh, par 70 Bermudas play well here. So, yeah, that's just kind of – what i'm looking at not gonna overthink it this week um there is a pretty good correlation to guys that play uh the tournament of champions uh that play this week it doesn't matter how well they played at the tournament of champions just that they did play got that warm-up in uh we saw Kucher; he actually played pretty bad um the year he won this event and the same uh i believe it was last year as well so i have a uh,
0: counterpoint to that correlation okay i think Something to do with that correlation is simply because the guys that are playing in the tournament of champions are simply better golfers. Usually
1: that, that's um, you know, not that's a bad point.
0: So, you know, I, I saw that I've seen that quite a bit. And I think that narrative might just be a little skewed because of the, you know, the quality of golfers that you see at the tournament of champions. Naturally, those guys are going to tend to play well. Uh, because when they get into a field like this, I mean, most of those guys are in the top, you know, third of the field in terms of their ability compared to the rest of the field. So anyway, yeah. just thought that was worth bringing up there.
1: No, I, li- I like that you bring that up. Cause it's like the main talking point on every yeah. podcast that I've listened to so far. So it will drive a lot of ownership. I've seen a lot of people make their betting cards just strictly based on the guys that were in the field last week. And they're just Xing everyone else out just because of the trend. So uh, I've always been kind of, uh, you know, trends are made to be broken. Um, So, yeah, I I like that point quite a bit. I'm glad you brought it up.
0: All right. And uh, that's also another valid point about this course that you mentioned is that, you know, there's only two par fives and it's a par 70. So when you consider that the, the scoring is oftentimes when the winds are down, like they're expected to be this week, 22, 23 under par, something like that, you usually don't see that a whole lot on par 70 courses. Usually you're seeing that on par 72 courses that have the four par fives and you know, there's some longer holes on this course that if you just looked at it on the surface from the yardage book, uh, you wouldn't think that it would be a course that guys could dominate. Now there's not a whole lot of trouble. And when the winds are down, you know, they're still going to be able to attack the flags, but um, noteworthy that it's just a par 70, given all the, uh, you know, the scoring that's done here and the par fives on each nine are the last hole. So uh, your golfer will be closing with a par five be prepared to tilt if they miss the cut by one stroke because they don't birdie the par five to close on friday we'll have plenty of that but uh, anything else from last week or the course in general before we uh we dig in here
1: No, oh, but uh when it comes to the cut fight, yeah if your guy's already in uh and you need him to stay where he's at and not anybody passing with those par fives on those last holes um <laughs> you're gonna be in trouble so yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, the field is only 144, so not uh, to the full, you know, 156. So you should see 50%, maybe a little bit more, uh, make the cut depending on, you know, the top 65 and ties. But uh, yeah, it should be fun. The 66 is going to be low because uh, that's just how it is these days.
0: Absolutely. All right. So let's go ahead and dig in uh, again. We've got our usual five, six golfers above 10K on DraftKings. Uh, Bryson was supposed to be in this field. He has withdrawn due to a sore wrist, I believe. Uh, So Bryson is out. Make sure you don't roster him. So we're left with five golfers above 10,000. Uh, and uh, two of them are Aussies, including last week's winner, Cam Smith. So Cam Smith at 11.2K, it's going to be sticker shock for a lot of people. I faded him last week, and he won. I can't in good conscience just go back and play him now. I'm stuck. I'm committed at this point to fading him at least until he underwhelms once. So I can't play Cam Smith, but that's not, uh, that's not logic. That's just me being stubborn. So uh, your thoughts on Cam Smith being the uh, 11.2K golfer this week?
1: Yeah, I don't love the price point, for sure. But at the same time, uh, people hate playing the guy that won the week before. Um, he's obviously in good form. He's won here before as well in 2020. Much different conditions then. Uh, again, it was 35 to 40 mile-per-hour wins the, the year that he won. But, I mean, he's he was, uh, you know, smoking the ball off the tee. I don't know if you watched that final round at all. I think he finished first in the field and strokes gained off the tee. He was out driving Rom by 15 to 20 yards every single hole, um, which I just thought was crazy. We know the Irons can be good. We know the short game, you know, second to none pretty much on the PGA Tour. So if he's going to be real low-owned, I don't mind him in MME. He's not going to be a single-entry play for me. Uh, That's obviously going to be Webb Simpson. Um, He's just – anytime you hit him on a short par 70, you just play him. Um, That's pretty much all there is to it. Each of his last three trips here, he's finished fourth, third, and fourth, um, coming off of three straight top 20s in the swing season. So, yeah, he kind of checks all the boxes. He's going to be popular um no doubt about it but uh, i think he's good chalk so i'll eat it don't know what to do with Tadeki. he uh he's actually got really good ball striking numbers here over the years and just can't putt. that's kind of how he is most places but most of his wins have come on bankrass so that does worry me a little bit um if the score is going to be 2500 par i don't know if he's going to be able to make enough putts to you know end up uh you know paying off that second most expensive salary J makes a lot of sense just continues to play well uh but i like leishman quite a bit Uh, He tends to play the same course as well each year. Uh, We talked about it last week. Aussie's in Hawaii is like a big narrative, and obviously that came true with Cam Smith. Um, Yeah, so I kind of like Leishman. He's kind of trending in the right direction right now.
0: Yeah, I like that Aussie narrative here as well, and you look at obviously Smith won last week, Leishman third and fourth year, two of the last three years. Uh, Webb fourth, third, and fourth his last three trips. And both Webb and Leishman have gained thirty-plus strokes on the field their last four or five trips here. So hard to argue against those two guys. Um, you know Matsuyama I think is fine in tournaments. Uh, the safer plays are and Matsuyama and Leishman probably overweight in GPPs. Simpson and him are the safer plays. And like I mentioned, I'm I'm out on Cam Smith. So. Uh, for what it's worth right now we've got Matsuyama the lowest owned roughly of the bunch right there with Cam Smith in that 10 to 12 percent range Um, and I think that's interesting like more people tend to lean towards a balanced build in these full field events uh, just because you you don't want to use too much boomer bust potential when you're trying to get everybody through the cut but uh, we'll get to some of these guys later but I think there's some interesting value in the 6ks this week so don't mind starting out with one of the top guys Um, if you're cash game type build. do you think you're starting in the 9ks or are you start with web
1: starting with web this week
0: yeah i think that makes sense too given his history here and uh his ability to perform on these types of tracks so all right let's move into the 9ks plenty of solid options there quite a few guys who played last week as well uh, though abraham answer did not uh, live up to expectations last week so what do you make of this 9k range
1: Yeah. Answer is uh, really interesting. If you do want to play the angle of uh, you had to play last week uh, in order to play well this week, then Mm -hmm. it does make some sense. I mean, he was pretty bad last week, but this is a much better track for him. uh, Where accuracy matters off the tee where, you know, short game matters a little bit more doesn't have the best course history. So, you know, maybe that'll keep ownership down. I've seen some numbers uh, in his outright market at 22 to 25. I like that number quite a bit. Um, Kevin, Nah. He's a guy that you can always include in MME, a guy that I never play in single entry, uh, just as likely to finish top 10 as he is to miss the cut. Um, He's just one of those guys, won here last year, kind of came out of nowhere. So uh, I don't mind him in tournaments. I think Connors is going to be the ultra chalk in this range. You know, a guy that has putts a lot better on Bermuda, uh, the best ball striker in the field by a mile, third and 12th here the last two times he's played. So uh, I like him quite a bit. And then Gooch just continues to uh, play well as well uh, for top 15s in his last five events. And, you know, his course history is a little bit spotty, but he's just a much better golfer now than he has been, you know, at any point in his career. So I wouldn't put too much stock into that really good course fit. I like him on these shorter courses. He can get red hot with his irons. So, yeah, I think there's some interesting plays. Uh, Connors and and Gooch are going to be my favorites, but I do think they'll be the most popular. So I don't mind Answer as a pivot off those two.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Answer was one of the guys I was really interested to, to bring up here because when you look at his betting number, his betting you know odds aren't quite as good as the other guys uh, that you would normally consider him in the same tier as. Uh, you look at last week's results, you look at his course history, there's just no reason – to prioritize him and you know a lot of people got burned last week so that's going to be another factor uh, that people are just going to shy away from it but i mean last week's tournament you, you just you got to take somewhat with a grain of salt like 10 under he was 10 under last week and he was third from last <laughs> <laughs> like when's yeah. the last time 10 under you get third from last in a tournament is is wild like 13 under 33rd place out of 38 so Uh, Just one of those events where if the putts aren't falling last week, you you just, you you weren't moving up the leaderboard at all. You were falling down the leaderboard with every par you made. So I'm not going to write answer off simply because of last week. I think his ownership will, I wouldn't be surprised right now. We've got it at 13. I wouldn't be surprised if answer is owned in the single digits. Um, You know, once everything settles on, on Thursday morning. So uh, I like him in GPPs. Connors is my favorite. I wrote him up in my uh, written content over on Roto Grinders this week. I mean, uh, obviously grades out well in in your model numbers too. So uh, hard to get away from Connors on the uh, the tracks where ball striking is important, and he always uh, is going to grade out well in those types of events. And uh, twelfth and third for him too. The last two times he didn't play here last year, but uh, two years ago twelfth, three years ago third at this event. So hard to get away from Connors. So he's my pick. Uh, if you're just looking for the best option in here, I am warming up to answer in GPPs. Uh, seems like everybody's pretty much off of Harris English, which at 9,300, I think I am as well. Any other takes on the 9K range for you?
1: Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, more we talk about it, though. If answer is going to be low, uh, I do think he's a really nice pivot.
0: Yeah, warming up to him as we go here uh, a little bit myself. All right, let's move into the 8Ks. You've got a slew of golfers who did play last week, if you want to take that narrative. Uh, You've got Kisner in here, and I've got last week's leaderboard up. So Kisner was tied eighth last week at 24 under. Uh, You've got Horschel in here. He was tied 23rd at 17 under. You've got Kokrak in here uh, who finished dead last at seven under par. And uh, you've got Matt Jones in here who finished third last week uh, and had the best round of the day on Sunday and had some really good off the T numbers. It wasn't all putting with Matt Jones, really good off the T numbers for Matt Jones last week. So you're just going off of last week's performance. Matt Jones seems to be the interesting guy in here. That's not getting a ton of love. Uh, And then we've also got Russell Henley in the mix at 8,500 as well, uh, who, it has a pretty good track record in Hawaii himself. So interesting options in here. they all get their share of ownership. Uh, I am liking Matt Jones in GPPs. He gained strokes every element of the game last week. He looked really impressive and considering the strong field. Uh, I thought, you know, that was even more impressive what he was able to do. And the last four years here, Matt Jones has made the cut every time and top 40 every time, including 11th last year. And you got the Aussie narrative in there too, if you want to play that. So, Matt Jones is my GPP play in the eighty-four to eighty-nine hundred dollars range. Who you like in here?
1: Yeah, don't mind the Matt Jones call. Um, tends to play well on these coastal tracks too. Uh, when he won earlier last year, it was in Florida, um, so I, I don't mind that one bit. Uh, tends to putt well on Bermuda. And he's a PGA Tour record record holder now. Uh, finished 62-61 on the weekend, um, which was 23 under par, uh, which is just wild. Pretty um, solid. That's the lowest ever uh, on a weekend. So uh, congrats to him. I mean, he was holing out from everywhere. I was tilted because I, I didn't play him in showdown. But anyway, um, my favorite play here is going to be Russell Henley. Actually rates out as the third best golfer in my model in the entire field, which is kind of crazy, uh, given the fact that, you know, he's the – 14th most expensive guy on DraftKings and the 15th most expensive guy on FanDuel. But, uh, you mentioned the Hawaii angle. Um, he's also very accurate off the tee, very good with his irons. Second in this field in strokes gained approach over the last 75 rounds, uh, T11 here last year. So he's kind of checking all the boxes for me, similar to Webb, I think I'll just eat the chalk everyone else, man. I don't, I mean, Kevin Kisner, I know we kind of just throw out the stats anytime you get him on these shorter courses, but, uh, Man, 8,900 and pretty high ownership doesn't feel great to me. Uh, Billy Horschel, I just haven't seen a ton from him recently. Kokrak, I like him on bomber tracks a little bit more, and he dead last in the field, like you mentioned. Last week, uh, McNeely, I like him on longer courses, maybe a little bit of Seamus Power. Um, I do think he's interesting, a guy that uh, doesn't have the best course history, similar to Gooch, but again, um, he's playing, you know, the best golf of his career. So I think you can kind of throw out that course history. And then maybe maybe we can go back to uh, Charles Howell, um, the guy that we used to play every year, you know, this time of year. Uh, he's made at least 19 straight cuts here, um, which is kind of crazy. Um, that's as far back as, as I could see. Um, Might have gone back even, even more than that. but So at least 19 straight cuts here. And in those 19 events, he's got nine top 10 finishes. Uh, he came in off a very bad year for sure, but he uh, t 16 his last time out. So, uh, I don't mind some checky three sticks.
0: And I believe he made his last three cuts uh, in the fall swing. So, yeah, coming around a little bit. Obviously, he's not in the prime of his career anymore, but uh, uh, pretty good finish to the fall swing and really hard to argue um, with that course history. And I was just looking at it as well. It is... Uh, 20 straight cuts made here at this tournament so yep you were all it just uh, one one year plus beyond your data set there so 20 <laughs> in a row uh that's pretty tough to do at any at any track um let i mean all, at 8k you know,
1: if you're guaranteed a made cut i don't know that's not bad
0: yeah plus he's you know he's shown some upside here and uh, didn't finish the fall swing too bad after uh really you know we hadn't talked about him a whole lot. Probably count on one hand the number of times we talked about him last year, for the most part. So, uh, I don't mind that at 8K. And ownership isn't and ownership. I bet will will rise a bit as we get closer to Thursday. I've heard his name buzzed around a few different spots, but still not going to be super high. And I'm kind of with you. I, I'm not huge on Kisner or Horschel, or rack So, uh, give me Henley, give me Jones, give me Howell. Those are the three guys I've kind of written uh, written up in this range this week myself. All right. Uh, any, well, Cam Davis Cam is also AK. Yeah. Any interest there?
1: I don't have a ton, but it does look like he's going to be popular. Um, played well last week. A couple good finishes at this event. But, yeah, I don't love him. Do you?
0: I don't either. Um, for what it's worth, he is paired with Howell and Seamus Power. So if you want to just follow the shot tracker around for one group uh, throughout the afternoon, you got Howell, <laughs> Cam Davis, and Seamus Power in the same group. Uh, throw them on your on your leaderboard and follow the shot tracker but uh no that's not uh probably not a reason why we should be advocating somebody uh i'm probably off of him as well unless, is you're, is unless he, you're following that uh, he's australian too though right or all aussie yeah you make it an all okay. aussie lineup or something but i'm probably out
1: yeah maybe i'll make a all aussie lineup i like that.
0: see if is we it, got uh, We need a cheaper one, though, like Leishman's expensive. Jones is expensive. Cam Smith's obviously expensive. Cam Davis is 8K. Like, we got to have one value Aussie in order to make the all-Aussie lineup work. Uh, Let's see. we got Cameron Percy in the field, and we've got Brett Druitt in the field, and that's it. So, uh, you got to play one of those two if you want to fill out – maybe (laughs) both of them if you want to fill out Team Aussie there.
1: What about Sabatini? He seemed to switch. uh, Yeah, he switches. He can be the wild
0: card. Yeah, he's the Uno wild card. But whatever country you want, uh, Sabatini Uh, worked for him in the Olympics. So, all right, let's uh, let's go into the seven Ks here. Brendan Steele, a name you will see thrown around, uh, second and fourth year the last two years. So, the course history buffs uh, will like Brendan Steele. Uh, We've seen Chris Kirk pop a few times. Joel Damon looks like he's getting some ownership. Uh, But really, the 7,600 to 8K range is not a spot that I really love. I'm not completely sold on steel just because of the course history. Um, You know, I I don't know. I don't love a lot here.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Uh, My favorite is going to be Bazootenhout. You know, he's a guy that tends to play well on these shorter tracks, especially the Bermuda ones. Uh, His streak of, I think he had like 28 straight made cuts came to an end, but uh, then he made the cut his last time out. Um, upside has been a little bit of a concern on the PGA tour. He's shown a lot of it on the, the European tour, but, uh, at this price point, I don't think you need a ton from him. Um, yeah, so I like him quite a bit. He's a very good putter, pretty accurate off the tee as well. You mentioned still is going to be popular. I don't love that. Uh, Chris Kirk always rates out well for me on these shorter courses. He had a second place finish here last year, kind of kickstarted, uh, you know, his season. Um, and he, he made a pretty good run. And then Aaron Ray, so he's got three straight top 20s uh, on the PJ Tour. And in his last two, he gained 7.1 and 8.1 strokes ball striking. So um, he's a guy that has a lot of good finishes on the European Tour as well. Um, doesn't look like he's going to be too popular. We have him at 7% right now. So I think he's kind of my favorite, uh, you know, pivot play in this range. And as much as it pains me to say it, I uh, don't have any interest in Brian Harmon.
0: Boy, the ship has sailed. It's gone. It's out to sea. Oh, man. It, it was a good run. It was a good run, uh, but the, uh, you know, all good things must come to an end. And the Brian Harmon, uh, Noto, the, uh, you know, their, their agreement, uh, for Noto to get royalties. Anytime you mentioned Brian Harmon on the show, uh, has, has ended. So uh, Noto is not contractually obligated to, uh, to, to like Brian Harmon anymore. Um, kidding, of course. All right, let's, uh, let's go through the rest of the 7k range. Keith Mitchell, always a little better on Bermuda as well, but, uh, he tends to get some ownership. I'm a fan. Uh, just doesn't grade out super well at, for that price tag for me. Um, I, I wouldn't fault anybody for playing him in GPPs, but just been a little too inconsistent. Uh, Denny McCarthy is the one guy around here that I do think is intriguing. Um, you know, on these birdie fest uh, events, I I always like targeting maybe some guys that uh, that can run hot with the putter and he's certainly one of those guys he's a better putter on bermuda as well i believe so uh and mccarthy is another one that finished out the fall swing pretty well after having a pretty forgetful year for the most part over the summer Uh, he did play a lot better during the the fall swing so if you look at like full year stats or uh more longer term stats it's just it's not going to look as good Uh, but he did finish the fall swing pretty well so i like Danny mccarthy at 7400 who else are you looking at in the kind of the lower part of this 7k range
1: yeah i like danny too um it surprises me he's never played here before these are typically the the courses that he plays the most um but 100 dollars more brendan todd like the exact same skill set hits fairways uh and an elite putter especially on bermuda and uh you know we're getting todd at six percent and mccarthy at 15 so i think he's an interesting pivot um todd's actually played here a couple times 21st and 41st the last two years Uh, his incoming form isn't as good for sure but uh, I I think he's an interesting pivot I still like McCarthy but yeah um, I think I think Todd's interesting Keegan is one of those guys kind of the opposite skill set of those two and that he's all ball striking and no putting Um, I think he's interesting though Um, three top 40s in his last four years here and we get shot trackers so uh, we can definitely you know get that extra sweat equity in with those three footers Emiliano Grillo, kind of in the same uh, category as Keegan for me, but he's actually a much better putter on Bermuda than you might expect. He's actually above average in this field, um, which I never thought I would say about Emiliano Grillo. (laughs) Four for four here in the last four years. Um, So I think he's a little bit interesting. He kind of struggled there at the end of the swing season, but everything was either missing by one or two strokes. Um, So he wasn't too far off. And that's pretty much it for me. I mean, Takumi Kanaya is interesting. He's a top 50 golfer in the world, but we haven't really seen him do it on the PGA tour yet. So kind of a wait and see approach. You got the older guys, you know, Zach Johnson, Brian Stewart. Um, both of them kind of struggled toward the end of last year. The young guy in Pendrith, um, who we talked about at one of the one of the courses that was short, kind of like this, and then he almost won. And then we faded in the next week uh, and ended up working out. But any interest in any of these guys, I, I don't really know what to do here.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Um, and this is where we're going to start to see some more names of some of the newer guys with their PGA tour cards. And if you did not play during the fall swing, you know, NFL season was rolling uh, full swing and a lot of people don't play during the fall swing and then pick it up here as you know, NFL winds down. So you're going to see a lot of guys in this kind of 7.2 K range and below that are the guys that just got their tour cards. Um, the guys that kind of are in this, Price range would be Pendrith at 7,200, who we did see some upside from. Uh, He was fifth at the Bermuda Championship uh, in the fall swing, but, again, his biggest weapon is his driver. Uh, Chad Ramey at 7,100 was one of the more heralded ones, and Alex Smalley at 7K. Um, I think when you look at kind of the fall swing results and all-around game, I think Smalley is the best fit for this course. Uh, At 7K of the three or four guys that I mentioned in there. So uh, we've got him at 8% ownership. He will be one of the more popular values, but not exorbitant at 8%. So uh, Pendrith, where he's going to rely on the driver, I don't love him here. Um, You know, I I think Smalley is the play at 7,000 if you're looking for anybody else in that range.
1: Yeah, I like Smalley too. It seems like we play him uh, quite often. We talk about him every time he's in the field. Um, it seems like, and he had a really Not good as college. As much as the career. guy in
0: the six Ks that I'm going to talk about, but we'll get who to him Hardy? Later. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those
1: two are the our go tos from the from the Corn Ferry Tour. So yeah, I like Smalley. Ramey, Small sample size, but he's uh, fifth in this field to show can't approach. So yeah, I think they're both a little bit better uh, course fit than. Than Pendrith. But um, again, I said that that one week where he almost won. So um, anytime you have a guy with upside, I mean, I I guess you can include him in your MME player pool. Uh,
0: If you look at the guys in this range over their measured rounds from the false wing, Smalley is above field average in every single category, total strokes gain, tee to green, ball striking, short game uh, approach, above field average in all of them. He's seven K. He's right at field average in putting. Uh, but he's 22nd in total DK scoring and he's $7,000. You look at Hardy. Uh, he's top 60 in every category except putting where he's right around average as well. So um, those are the guys, the, the the corn fairy tour graduates that just got their PGA tour cards. Hardy's all the way down to 6,600 and Smalley's at 7k. Those are the two guys that Noto and I've kind of been a little bit partial to at times. And um you know, they, they faded a bit towards the end of the fall swing, but these are guys that played on the corn Ferry tour all year. You know, for those of you that aren't familiar, again, we might have some new viewers, the minor league version, basically of the PGA tour. Uh, these guys earned their PGA tour cards. So obviously they wanted to play in as many events in the fall as they could to try to make some money, bigger checks, uh, make some cuts in the weaker field events. And uh, you know, you're obviously going to be tired after grinding for, for a full year. So I think the December break, uh, we'll serve most of those guys well, get rid of that fatigue and be refreshed and ready to go for a new year. So I'm on Smalley. I'm on Hardy. I like those guys the best. Um, as we kind of cover that range in between 6,700 and 7K, uh, is there anybody else that might stand out for you in there?
1: Uh, So a guy named Max McGreevy is rating out well for me. Don't have a large sample on him. A couple top twenties uh, on the PGA tour back to back at the RSM in the Houston. So another one of those corn ferry tour guys, he doesn't have nearly as high of a cut rate as some of the other uh, names that we've mentioned, uh, especially in Hardy and, in Smalley and Ramey, but uh, he does have some upside. So his top 10% rate over the last 14 months is 22%. Um, so that's not bad even on, even on the corn Ferry tour. So maybe include him in your player pool. Uh, Sabatini's interesting. He plays this. Uh, I went back 20 years or 19 years as my, as far as my data goes. And he's played in uh, pretty much every single one of them. A lot of made cuts in there, uh, and if you look at his last seven events on the on the PGA Tour, five missed cuts, uh, top, a T three, and a T ten. So you get some upside with Sabatini. Don't mind looking to him. Uh, Hayden Buckley, another guy, uh, Corn Ferry Tour. That uh, we're dealing with a very small uh, data sample here, but uh, rates out pretty well. Pretty good putter, especially on Bermuda. Uh, pretty good ball striker as well. Top twenty in this field in both off the tee and on approach. So I'll have a little bit of him. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Do you have any other puns before we get down to the really, the really ugly guys? Yeah,
0: Buckley was the other guy I think is is interesting. Um, I feel like there's one more name, Jaeger that I I wanted to bring up, but now I can't find him scrolling through here.
1: Oh, I Scotty think... G, Scotty
0: G's in the yeah <laughs> our golfer get to know a random golfer of the week Scott Gacheski's in the field this week and nice to see uh, nice to see him back in there no I don't think so um, yeah, I kind of looked at Roger Sloan a little bit but nothing special there Mark Hubbard maybe um, I mean if you look at just the numbers and guys that are pretty safe to make the cut Hubbard's not a bad play but I'm gonna play Hardy over him so i don't have too much else you got anybody else
1: yeah i've heard hubbard's name quite a bit too so he might be end up being the the popular play um, that everyone looks to for safety in terms of my model uh andrew novak and austin smotherman who i'm not gonna lie don't know much about either of them um but i want to give a shout out uh brent grant's in the field i don't know if you remember him uh from the outlaw tour so uh yeah i'm hoping he can uh, make the cut who brent
0: grant Brent? two grant. first names grant there he is interesting i don't remember i don't remember him from the outlaw tour for some reason
1: i double checked with uh with, with sky who was my my uh outlaw tour outlaw buddy.
0: tour compatriot no i'm yeah. not saying i don't believe you i just don't remember him. yeah um all right he was, 6K. He was a
1: birdie streak machine on, on the outlaw tour so
0: well, considering he made it to the PGA tour, he must doing <laughs> something right there. He so. got
1: he got in with the sponsor invite. Um, oh, he did. Today, well,
0: I think. uh, he's golfing with Chase Seifert, who has been a thing in the past, and also with Davis Riley, uh who oh, nope, nope, correction. They're on the back nine. Uh Brent Grant is with Andrew Novak uh, oh. and Ben Coles. So there you go. The uh, Novak and Grant, a couple guys you mentioned there as potential punts. Uh, I wouldn't probably play Grant and DFS. I'm not saying that you're recommending him, but we're rooting for him. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have anybody else. It gets pretty thin down there below 6,500. Um,
1: Gregorius, the wise in chat. Uh, he can bet in New York. So uh, yeah, wish I was in New York. Uh, any, uh, any winners you have for him? Free.
0: I mean, New York, man, they're handy. Like you can just cross the border and they're handing out, handing out dollar bills there in New York. Uh, which uh, if you are in New York, take advantage of those bonuses and uh, you can find it. Uh, we've got a link in the description of the video uh, to our uh, Rotor Grinders page where you can see all those bonuses and sign up through the links uh, to, uh, to bet in New York. If you haven't taken advantage of those bonuses yet, get them while they're hot uh, if you're in New York. But uh, yeah, I was asking for some betting picks. Of course, we'll get our full stuff up on scores and odds, but I've come around to, uh, to answer a little bit. And uh, I like Matt Jones this week. I don't know. I just got a feeling about Matt Jones. You can get pretty good odds on him as well, or maybe just bet him to top 10 or something. But um, yeah, Webb and, and Matt Jones and, and answer are three guys I'm looking at this week.
1: I like it. Uh, I haven't finalized my card yet, but uh, I am going to put answer on there for sure. And I'll probably throw Henley on there too.
0: Yeah. Henley always good for some upside as well. And again, uh, if you're wondering where the chat was throughout the show, make a note so you can find us next week rotogrinders.com slash discord free discord server for rotogrinders members uh you can find us in the live stream chat in the rotogrinders discord for those of you who are used to chatting with us on youtube we do love the interaction and uh, enjoy some of you that uh, that hang out with us regularly so catch us in the rotogrinders discord rotogrinders.com slash discord in the live stream chat next week and again it's free for anybody that's a rotogrinders member Uh, You don't have to have premium access, but if you do want premium access, uh, we can uh, get you 10 bucks off your first month of Roto Grinders premium access. So um, see if our uh, producer can leave a link in that live stream chat in the discord. uh, For those of you who might want to check that out later, get 10 bucks off your first month of Roto Grinders premium. You can either do single sport if you just want the golf, or you can do our combo package, which will uh, pretty much give you all the goods you need. So uh, that's going to do it for us this week. As usual, we appreciate you uh, hanging out and watching and we're uh, checking us out on the podcast feed after the fact uh, we do potentially have a, uh, a third host lined up here to, uh, to get rolling in a few weeks. So more to come on that. Hopefully uh, it's always uh, always nice to have a three man booth for these shows uh, to, uh, to get three different perspectives on the golf tournaments each week. So fingers crossed that uh, we can get that rolling in a few weeks as uh, you know, major season comes around the corner these days uh, pretty quickly. So noto anything else before we get out of here
1: yeah, i'm excited for the uh, potential third so uh, we'll tease that uh, for a couple weeks see if we can get him on but uh, yeah good luck everybody we're always around uh, to answer any questions and yeah we got lots of good content on roto grinders we got the survey the rankings the articles um, pretty much anything you could need for this week so good luck everybody
0: all right thanks everybody for watching as usual and uh, we'll catch you back here next week same time same place Have a great week, everybody. Good luck with your golf picks and bets, and uh, we'll see you next week.